Well, good morning. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. It is Monday, August 28th, 2023. Monday, August 28th, 2023. One week before, um, what is it, Labor Day, right? Labor Day's coming up. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. Uh, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google Political Views TV Podcast, those four words, and I'll show up right at the top of the search. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I just want to make sure you understand. Uh, if you can, please bring someone along with you today or tomorrow. That would be awesome. And you can tweet to me. Questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S, on the platform formerly known as Twitter. So I don't know if you're tweeting to me or Xing to me or exclaiming to me. Hashtag exclaim. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> let's start as we usually do with the war in Ukraine. Russia has said that genetic tests prove that Prigozhin was on the plane that was taken out by Putin's order. Of course, they didn't say that last part, that taken out by Putin's order. I added that. Uh, They say that the list of those on the flight was accurate, according to DNA testing. Uh, Polish Interior Minister uh, Marus Kaminski says Warsaw and the Baltic states will close their borders with Belarus entirely if a critical incident involving Wagner mercenaries takes place. EU members, Latvia, Lithuania, and Poland would share a border with Belarus. Doesn't Estonia do also? Hmm. Uh, They didn't mention Estonia. Anyway, um, would share uh, a border with Belarus have been increasingly concerned about security since hundreds of Russian Wagner mercenaries arrived in Belarus at the invitation of President uh, President Alexander Lukashenko. Maybe, maybe, hmm, maybe Estonia is a Baltic state and sandwiched between Lithuania and Latvia? I don't know. Huh. You know, I don't. I, I I can't seem to picture that map in in, in my head. Uh, anyway, as I was saying, <laughs> uh, they've been increasingly concerned about security since hundreds of uh, Russian Wagner mercenaries arrived in Belarus at the invitation of uh, Lukashenko. Uh, Kaminsky uh, told a news conference, "We demand from the authorities in Minsk." that the Wagner group immediately leave the territory of Belarus and that illegal migrants immediately leave the border area and are sent back to their home countries. If there is a critical incident, regardless of whether it is at the Polish or Lithuanian border, we will retaliate immediately. All border crossings that have been opened so far will be closed. Uh, they've already closed half of them in Lithuania. From what I, they closed two, two of the official border crossings. They're gonna, they'll close the. There's only two left. They'll close those two also. A spokesperson for Erdogan's uh, ruling uh, AK uh, party said Turkish president, uh, who sounds like a Lord of the Rings villain, Tayyip Recept Tayyip Erdogan, will visit Russia's Black Sea uh, resort of Sochi soon, and there may be developments regarding the grain deal. Sochi, isn't that the place where I said that uh, Prigozhin uh, faked his death so he could go retire? That is where I said, right? 
Uh, the Russian news agency, TASS, reported uh, that Russian air defense uh, systems shot down two drones over Crimea. Uh, TASS quoted the defense ministry as saying, Today, at around 10.30, another attempt by the Kyiv regime to carry out a terrorist attack by two aircraft-type UAVs on objects in the Russian Federation was thwarted. Two unmanned aerial vehicles were destroyed by air defense forces and on duty over the uh, territory of the Republic of Crimea. Once they take out that the, that uh, radar, once they jam that radar, it's going to be different. Uh, Russian citizens in Moscow seem to be oblivious as to why drones keep hitting their area. They don't understand. Of course, they're kept in the dark. That's why they don't understand. They're kept in complete dark as to what's going on around them. Uh, <clears throat> again, Russian air defenses destroyed a drone approaching Moscow and two in the region bordering Ukraine. Uh, city's uh, mayor, Sergei Sobyanin, wrote on Telegram, air defenses in the Lyubertsky district southeast of the capital destroyed a drone flying towards Moscow. There were no casualties or damage, according to initial, uh, initial reports. Emergency services are on the scene. At least three people were killed uh, in an overnight Russian missile attack on Ukraine's central Poltava region. Uh, Governor Dmitry Luman originally, <coughs> excuse me, I still have that lingering cough, you know, from that cold I had last week, or was it two weeks ago? <coughs> excuse me. Uh, Governor Dmitry Lunin originally said on Telegram, as a result of the hostile attack, two people were killed, two people were taken to the hospital with minor injuries, and the whereabouts of two more people are currently unknown. It has been updated to three killed. Five others were also wounded during the attack, and another person was under, unaccounted for, so they're presumed dead. Uh, the Ukrainian military has said Russia launched four missiles from the Black Sea overnight, two of which were shot down. Uh, Hannah Myler, Ukraine's uh, deputy defense minister, has claimed that the southeastern village of Robotny is liberated from occupying Russian forces as Ukrainian troops continue to advance further south in their counteroffensive. Uh, of course, uh, Russia has made some gains in else elsewhere. Um, now that I have your attention, let's move on. Let's try and fix the rest of the world. I remember last week, and the week before, we talked about the Hatch Act. I, I mean, that was the first thing that came out of out of my head when I when I saw he was claim that Mark Meadows was claiming he was uh, uh, acting under under um, uh, the color of government, right? Which would violate the Hatch Act, uh, which is basically the idea that uh, uh, politicking should not go on while in office. Elections and working towards getting reelected should not be paid for with taxes and therefore should be com completely separate. That's the Hatch Act. I've called my congressman, uh, congressman's office in the, uh, in the past and asked for like the number for their election office. And they told me to Google it. They won't even talk about anything. Election on the phone. They won't do it. They said, I'm sorry, I, I can't talk about this. You know, they're very, very strict about it. Yet this is what Mark Meadows is arguing this morning, or I guess it's afternoon there now, a motion to move his case to federal court and possibly have it thrown out. Meadows is arguing that the charges against him in Georgia should be dismissed under a federal immunity claim extended in certain contexts to individuals who are prosecuted 
or sued for alleged conduct that was done on behalf of the U.S. government or was tied to their federal position. The problem with that is he was involved in the election when he made these crimes. He would have to admit to a Hatch Act violation to get the case moved. If U.S. District Judge Steve Jones grants Meadows or another defendant request to move the prosecution to a federal court, it would certainly be a Trump win. It would also be seen as highly political as well as a serious judicial violation. You can't do this. I I don't know how the judge could possibly find in their way. I I guess it's possible. I don't know. But it simply can't, can't happen. Meadows is arguing that campaigning is an official act. It's not. I don't know how a judge would be allowed to do that. U.S. law allows defendants in state civil uh, state civil suits or criminal cases to seek to move those proceedings to federal court if those defendants face charges based on conduct that they carried out under the color of the federal government. But this was under color of campaign, not official duties in the White House. Meadows is arguing that under the Constitution uh, Supremacy Clause, the federal court should dismiss the charges against him because the conduct underlying the charges was conducted as part of his duties as a close White House advisor to Trump. But he wasn't advising him on White House duties. It was a campaign. He was advising him on a campaign. Meadows needs to prove it. Uh, Prove it wasn't about the campaign, which seems like it's impossible. But we will see what the judge does. A partisan judge would obviously find and on his side. Uh, Willis, in her response to Meadows' filing, is leaning on the Hatch Act, which prohibits government officials from using the federal office to engage in political activity, including campaign-oriented conduct. She argues, what you and I argue, have already argued since day one, That Meadows' involvement in the pressure campaign on Georgia election officials is clearly conduct he was not allowed to engage in as a federal officer. And therefore, he's not entitled to the federal immunity defense. The Hatch Act framing is a nice way of illustrating that he was acting outside the scope of his official duties. In other words, he would have to violate federal law for what he claims to be true. The district attorney's office said... An evaluation of the actions named in the indictment makes clear that all of them were intended to interfere with or affect the presidential election in Georgia and elsewhere in order to somehow transform Mr. Trump from an unsuccessful candidate into a successful one. The activities are precisely the type which other courts have already determined to be unofficial and therefore beyond the color of the defendant's office. But we shall see what happens today. It would be a coup, so to speak. Not literally, figuratively. Also today, the judge overseeing Trump election interference case in federal court is expected today to set a trial date that could have a crucial impact on the 2024 race for the White House. Uh, U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin, who has had death threats against her because of Trump, 
We'll hear arguments from Trump lawyers and federal prosecutors on whether the historic trial should begin before or after next year's presidential election. Special counsel Jack Smith has proposed that the trial start in January with jury selection beginning in December, while Trump's team says the trial should be pushed back until April 2026. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's still funny. 2026, that's insane. Uh, Chutkin said today, these proposals are obviously very far apart. Neither of them is acceptable. Uh, Tutkin said that the Trump will have to prior prioritize the trial and she, that she wouldn't change the trial schedule based <clears throat> upon another defendant's professional obligations. She's referring to the election. Um, say, for a professional athlete, she said. Meaning he can't use the election as an excuse. Attorneys for Trump in their uh, proposal for uh, commencing the trial in April 2026 cited the large amount of discovery in the case as well as Trump's ongoing legal issues in other jurisdictions. So basically, they're claiming that Trump broke the law so horribly that they need more time to figure out how badly it is. <laughs> That's basically what their argument is. Isn't that insane? Uh, moving on. Pope Francis... He has blasted the backwardness of some conservatives in the United States uh, Catholic Church, saying they have re replaced faith with ideology. Gee, what a shock, right? And that a, a correct understanding of Catholic doctrine allows for change over time. You know how right-wing Christian fundamentalists like to quote the Old Testament? Jesus has something to say about that. <laughs> Francis's comments were an acknowledgement of the divisions in the U.S. Catholic Church, which has been split between progressives and conservatives who long found support in the uh, uh, doctrinaire papacies of St. John Paul II and Benedict the uh, 16th, particularly on issues of abortion and same-sex marriage. Many conservatives have blasted uh, Francis's uh, emphasis instead on social justice issues, such as the environment and the poor, which also branding as heretical his openly, uh, opening to letting uh, divorced and civilly married, uh, remarried Catholics receive the sacraments. I, 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 this is so ridiculous. I, I, I mean... If you want to live in the 14th century, go back to the 14th century. Figure out time travel or something. But we're, we're in the 21st century now. Uh, during a private meeting with uh, Portuguese members of his Jesuit religious order while visiting Lisbon on August 5th, a Portuguese Jesuit told Francis that he had suffered during a recent sabbatical year in the U.S. because he came across many Catholics, including some U.S. bishops, who criticized Francis's 10-year papacy as well as today's Jesuits. The Pope acknowledged his point, saying there was a very strong, organized, reactionary attitude in the U.S. church, which he called backward. He warned that such an attitude leads to a climate of closure, which was erroneous. Doing this, you lose the true tradition and you turn to ideologies to have support. In other words, ideologies replace faith. Strong words from the Pope, right? Um, uh, the vision of the doctrine of the church as a monolith is wrong. That's what the Pope said. He added, when you go backward, you make something closed off, disconnected from the roots of the church, which then has devastating effects on morality. Wow! 
I guess the Pope just called out Republicans for being immoral. Isn't that interesting? Indirectly. (laughs) A right-wing nutball, Kevin McCarthy, and top Republicans have begun to strategize about how to move forward with an impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden this fall. Uh, This is the only Republican defense they have against corruption in their own party to try to tie Biden to corruption. Which, which there is none. And this Hunter Biden thing is nothing like trying to overturn a federal election, right? It's nothing like uh, um, treason. (laughs) Yet they scream about weaponizing government, right? McCarthy does. And then he turns around and weaponizes government. In recent weeks, McCarthy has privately told Republicans he plans to pursue an impeachment inquiry into Biden and hopes to start the process by the end of September. Very bad timing. I'll get to that in a second. I just wonder what it's about because nothing illegal has been tied to Biden. Sure, Hunter Biden, but Hunter Biden isn't the one being impeached. But the entire House Republican conference is not yet sold on politically risky idea of impeachment. There is no constitutional requirement for a vote to impeach, but if they move forward without voting on it in the House, it will be seen as highly political. Even the Democrats voted on it in the House to impeach Trump. Problem is, they may not have enough votes for the Biden thing. Skipping the formal vote, which would be tough for one of the uh, many of the party's most vulnerable and moderate members, would allow Republicans to get the ball rolling on an inquiry while giving leadership more time to convince the rest of the conference to get on board with an impeachment. During Trump's first impeachment, House Democrats ended up voting to both formalize their inquiry and set parameters for the process after initially holding off on doing so amid divisions within their own ranks. Republicans have a much worse time of it right now. Also looming is a government shutdown in late September, which would halt the impeachment proceedings. The Freedom Caucus is causing both problems, which is really funny. McCarthy has been making the case both publicly and privately that an impeachment inquiry is not the same as an actual impeachment vote, though privately many Republicans believe that if they open an inquiry, that they would have no choice but to follow through with the impeachment. This is all political theater ahead of the 2024 election. That's all it is. They're opening an impeachment inquiry because they don't have anything for impeachment. But they want the word impeachment in uh, in the public so the public will equate uh, Biden with impeachment because Trump was impeached twice. Oh, man. Man, talk about weaponizing government. Um, moving on. I, you know how Republicans claim racism doesn't exist anymore? Just like they claim, you know, global warming doesn't exist. Um, Florida. You know I could stop there because Florida. <laughs> in Jacksonville, a racist white man killed three black people in a racially motivated attack, then killed himself. The man, identified uh, by uh, local media as 21-year-old Ryan Palmiter, entered a Dollar General store and opened fire with an AR-15 assault rifle adorned with swastikas. Two men and a woman were killed by the gunman who wore body armor and left manifestos of his disgusting ideology of hate, as described by the sheriff. 
The sheriff, T.K. Waters, said the shooting was racially motivated and he hated black people. He targeted a certain group of people and that's black people. That's what he said he wanted to kill. And that's very clear. Sheriff Waters said the manifestos made it clear he wanted to kill N-words. That's what he said. The sheriff said, the, and, but the sheriff said that word. Uh, the, the security, uh, um, I'm sorry, the sheriff said the shooter first went to the historical black college, Edwards, uh, Waters, uh, Edwards Waters University. That's where he went first. I guess he, he had planned to sh- uh, shoot a bunch of people up at the university. Uh, but when he got there, security asked him to identify himself. He refused to, and he left. And then instead, the shooter went to the Dollar General. Uh, the shooter lived with his parents in nearby Oak Leaf and was a registered Republican. Really? A registered Republican? A racist? I'm shocked, as I'm sure you are. Moving on. Uh, it used to be, and I mean like like almost 100 years ago, that if workers simply signed union cards, that corporations would have to recognize a union and bargain with them. Uh, but they fought the laws uh, 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 several times by not recognizing uh, uh, the collective bargainer as an of- official of the union. Every time a group recognized a, a bargainer, the corporate entity would find a way out of it by throwing up legal hurdles to force them to prove they were uh, representing the workers. They would force them to have another vote. They would force them this, anything to delay this. It's called union busting. It's a form of union busting. A new decision by the NLRB, the National Labor Relations Board, may have made that type of union busting more difficult. Friday, the National Labor Relations Board announced a new framework for determining when companies must bargain with unions without an election. Following the NLRB's decision in Semex Construction Materials Pacific, when workers asked an employer to voluntarily recognize a union as their bargaining representative, the company can voluntarily do so and begin good faith negotiation. Alternative, the company may file a petition seeking an election, and as long as it does not commit unfair labor practices, one will be held. However, if a company does engage in such violations or refuses to voluntarily recognize a union and fails to file a petition, the NLRB will now order the employer to recognize and bargain with the union without an election. So they have a choice. Either do the right thing or you're screwed. Um, This will hobble some union busting, but I'm sure Starbucks and Amazon will find other ways as they usually do. Uh, Yeah, Starbucks won't like this because the amount of union busting and Amazon... Amazon is is famous. They did a bunch of union busting in New York, right? It's going to be problems for them now. Uh, Speaking of unions, the United Auto Workers announced Friday members of the UAW at General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis overwhelmingly voted to authorize a strike should negotiations for a new contract fail. And it's a big contract. I mean, it's a 40% raise. It's huge. Uh, UAW said 97% of its participating members at the so-called Big Three automakers approved a strike deal if 
a, a strike if a deal can't be reached with management before the workers' currently current contract expires on September 14th. <clears throat> of course, this will only help Elon Musk, who does not have union workers. Uh, Sean Fain, UAW's new president, said in a statement, our union's membership is clearly fed up with living paycheck to paycheck while the corporate elite and billionaire class continue to make out like bandits. The big three have been breaking the bank while we have been breaking our backs. UAW is demanding a 40% pay raise for workers at three automakers, the elimination of a tiered wages and benefits. I, you know what? They use tiered wages to uh, make some workers angry at other workers because they got in at a different time, so they get a different amount of money, and it's less than somebody else. It drives a wedge between workers. That's why they do it. Uh, where was I? Uh, re oh, uh, reestablishment of cost of living allowances, uh, defined benefit pensions, and retiree health care. Uh, the right and also the right to strike over plant closures, increases in current retiree benefits, and more paid time off. Decades of Republican leadership in states and obstruction have hobbled the unions. Oh, uh, and federally, Republicans have hobbled the unions. Workers make half of what the last generation made. I remember uh, UAW workers making $40, $50 an hour 20 years ago, or at least 30 I mean, they at a time, they made $40, $50 an hour. That was way back then. Now, they're making half that. And not, I'm not saying half that considering cost of living. I'm saying half of that period. If you consider cost of living, it's closer to a third of what they used to make. Uh, Fain continued. Uh, that was all me. Fain didn't say that. That was me. Uh, Fain continued. Our members' expectations are high because big three profits are so high. The big three made a combined $21 billion in profits in just the first six months of this year. That's on top of the quarter trillion dollars in North American profits they made over the last decade. While big three executives and shareholders got rich, UAW members got left behind. Our message to the big three is simple. Record profits mean record contracts. The UAW vote is not the only big one happening. Healthcare workers, 85,000 of them from Kaiser Permanente voted Saturday on what could be the biggest healthcare strike in U.S. history. We shall see what happens with that. Uh, so that's it. Thanks for listening. Monday, August 28, 2023. Monday, August 28, 2023. Man, do I appreciate you so much. I'll bring someone with you today or tomorrow. PVTV. Political Views TV podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.